Just, uh, just as you sit and sing uh, with or without a mask on, whether you're home or not, um, that you, you're lifting your hearts up to God and asking Him to seek within you and make the changes that are, that are necessary and, and boost and boast the changes that, that He's already made. So uh, uh, this morning, um, uh, well, anyway, we're glad you're here. Good morning there, good to see you all. If you'd like to go ahead and stand for this first set of three songs, please do so, and we will uh, we will raise our voices together. <clears throat> oh, worship the King, all glorious above, and gratefully sing His wonderful love. Oh, and defender, the ancient Hill 
as we listen and as we learn. Father, we want to learn more about who you are. We want to know you. Father, we are so blessed to have these facilities, so blessed to have the means we do in order to meet. And Father, we want to pray for our country. Uh, we want to pray for our community here in Wenatchee, our state. We want to pray for our leaders. We want to pray, God, that your hand be over all of this. That, Father, you make our paths known. Uh, that you direct us as your church in the way to go forward. Uh, Father, we know that we are to be light and life in this community. We want to find ways that we can do this efficiently and full of grace. And we thank you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. We'll use this song to prepare our minds for communion today. There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Son, the one and only Son, 
for us to stand in our place and to cleanse us in your sight. Thank you for this little symbol of bread that symbolizes Jesus' body that was given for us. In his name we pray and give thanks. Amen. you all bow with me as we give thanks for the symbol of Jesus' blood that cleansed us and gave us eternal freedom and life, eternal life. What a wonderful gift. What a fantastic, awesome gift. Dear God from heaven, almighty, you are so gracious to us in allowing us to be cleansed in your sight because of your son Jesus' blood that was shed for us, that redeemed us from a eternal death. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Through Jesus, we, we give thanks so much for this tremendous gift. It gives us peace. 
because we know where we're going, because we've been redeemed, and we are cleansed in your sight and can talk to you at any time and call you Father. Thank you in the name of Jesus. I'm not sure where the basket is, but I was told there was a basket in the back somewhere where you can leave your contributions today. Um, and I want to, before God and, and all of you, I want to give thanks to God for us, for our blessings. Would you bow with me, please? Almighty God, we're so very, very thankful for all that we have that has been given to us by you, all these good things that we enjoy, and we, we do take a lot of things for granted, but help us not to, help us to be aware of your presence and your care for us. And as we give back to you today, I pray that uh, these monies will be used to glorify you in this community, parts of the country and across the world. In Jesus' name.
Hello, I will be reading James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the leaders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of work offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and, he, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. All right, good morning. Good to see your, your faces, part of your faces, uh, your foreheads, eyeballs, ears, wherever else you have showing. I'm glad you're here, glad to be singing and praising God together, partaking of the Lord's Supper together. We all have a common bond, uh, the bond of faith and love and hope, and, and uh, uh, as we live here on this earth, and, and the hope of, of going to heaven as well. And that's just, uh, that's exciting. It doesn't matter if you have to wear a mask or not. It doesn't matter if, if you're shut down by various things or not. That's a positive, good hope. And I hope that you guys are celebrating that. And I hope that you are, are uh, being uplifted and encouraged as you think about uh, things like that. Um, we are going to be finishing, we are going to, we are finishing the book of James today. We're going to be in James chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. And I appreciate Hunter for reading that scripture to us. And I uh, hope that uh, I've already, you've already been benefited because of, of that. Notice last week that we had uh, we had talked a little bit about your relationship with God. And one of the reasons that we have a relationship with God is because he had initiated, he had created, and he had, two weeks ago, sorry, last week was Father's Day. Um, anyway, he has initiated this relationship because he is a compassionate, loving, and merciful God. You'll see that in about, the, uh, about verse 11 or so. Uh, of James chapter 5. And I'm reminded of the guy that's sitting here. How many of you guys recognize that as Jonah? Oh yeah? When you haven't done your history and, and got the pictures of Jonah, the real life Jonah? Uh, so it's not the real life Jonah. But this is a Jonah that is sitting under the fig tree, the, the, the vine that, that God caused to grow after Jonah had preached in Nineveh. And if you remember the story of Jonah, Jonah is told to go down to Nineveh and preach to them. And so as we know Nineveh, Nineveh is about 120,000 folks. It took about three days to walk through Nineveh. But there's a problem with Jonah and Nineveh. Jonah doesn't really like Nineveh. He doesn't really go into great detail of why he doesn't like Nineveh. He just simply doesn't like Nineveh. It's one of their, it's one of their enemies. Okay, it's not a place where Israelites would go take a vacation spot. Okay, 
although it's a big metropolitan city and many people would love to go there, they're in, in an immoral bondage. So Jonah says, no, I'm not going to go down to Nineveh. I'm not going to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel to them. So he runs away. You know the story. I'm giving you a quick version of it. Read it today, this afternoon. It's only four small chapters. But Jonah runs away. And, and then make a long story short, he, he, he is thrown overboard. He is swallowed by a big fish. And in the big fish, he kind of comes to his senses, like the prodigal son. He comes to his senses. He's swallowed up in, 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 in all these, these things that's inside the, the, the belly of the well. And he repents. He turns and he prays to God. And then God causes the big fish to spit him up on the, on the shore. And then he goes over and preaches to Nineveh. They start repenting. They start turning. The, the king there tells everybody, to put on sackcloth and ashes and even the animals fast and, and, and he changes the whole nation around he goes out and he sits in, in basically in the desert God causes a vine to grow up for him giving him shade, giving him a little bit of comfort and, and lo and behold what happens to the vine it died alright a worm came and ate the vine ate the, ate the vine and it withered and died and and here is Jonah, the depiction here. He's just like, man, I knew you were going to do that, God. This, that's just, why? Why did that happen? He even says of God, okay, or he's, as he's praying to God, he says, this is why I didn't want to go. This is why I didn't want to go to those heathens because I knew that you were a compassionate God. I knew that you were a God full of love. I knew that you would have mercy on them. Why, why, why? And he is getting angry and angry and angry because God is a compassionate and loving God. Now, obviously, our lesson is not about Jonah. Matter of fact, Jonah's not even mentioned in this part of Jonah. But it, it brings about the point and the thought that God is a compassionate God. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter what you are doing. God loves you. God wants you to come to your senses and have a relationship with him. He's a merciful, loving, compassionate God. And James reminds, reminds the congregation that's who God is. That's who God is. And so you shouldn't be prejudiced against folks who are rich or poor. You shouldn't be prejudiced against Gentile or Jew or male or female. You shouldn't be doing, you shouldn't play favorites. God doesn't play favorites. All across the board, he's compassionate and merciful. And it doesn't matter who you are. So you be like that. The latter part of, of that section, verse 12, he brings in a thought that he simply says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't swear by anything. And this is Jesus' brother. He's just remembering what Jesus said. Don't swear by anything or heaven by earth. You don't have any control over that. But what you do have control over is your mouth and you saying yes or no. Anything else is what? Anything else is condemned. Anything else uh, can be condemned, all right? Otherwise, you'll be condemned. Um, 
actual what he said actually what he said. Why is that? Why would he why would he bring that up? Why would he even say that at this point in time? Is he just throwing out some just random things like, okay, gotta remember this, okay, gotta remember this, because I gotta wrap this letter up. And by the way, the wrapping of the letter, the, the ending of the letter just seems kind of weird because it doesn't sound like a very good ending. It's like somebody cuts you off in the middle of a cell phone conversation. You ever, you ever had that happen? And you end there and, and you sit there and say, hello? Hello? Well, they're not there anymore. That's kind of the way I see the book of James. It doesn't say, okay, I'll see you next week or anything like that. It, it just ends. It's kind of interesting. We won't get into that. But he's giving them some instructions to live by because this is what a relationship with God looks like. This is, this is how it influences every decision that you make. When you are in a love relationship that's compassionate and merciful, God, you depend upon Him for everything, not necessarily stuff that's made by Him. Does that make sense? Let's get on to the text that we're actually going to talk about today. All right? And that simply comes from from James chapter 5, starting in verse 13. So, he just simply starts it out as, if any of you is in trouble, what should he do? You have your mask on, I can't hear you. Pray. Pray, all right. Pray. And if any of you are happy, sing. Well, I like that thought. I like that thought. Because this is this is kind of it's a description or a demonstration of what a relationship with this loving, compassionate God looks like. Because a loving and compassionate God, when you are in trouble, what does he do? He responds to you. He cares for you. Now, whether it is a wrapping of his arms around you, embracing you. Or maybe get caused some trouble to begin with, and he says, eh, We need some discipline, and then I will give this to you. It's interesting uh, where that comes from, right? If any of you are, are happy, can you think of a reason how God has made you happy? Raise your hand if God made, made you happy today. Man, you have all sorts of reasons to be happy. You have all sorts of reasons to sing songs. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. You're blessed beyond measure. Every spiritual blessing is found in Christ. We know that from Ephesians chapter 1. Every blessing. If you have a blessing, it's in Christ. It's a spiritual blessing. It's in Christ. How awesome is that? You should be able to sing any time, whether it's in, in, in the morning or noon or evening. Well, somebody ought to write a song about that. Oh, that's right. Somebody has. Pray in the morning, evening. Pray anytime. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You have the ability to do to, with this communication with an awesome, powerful, compassionate, merciful God that you don't have to swear by anything. You just call on his name. And you let your yes be yes. Can you see the relationship unfolding? And it's because of who God is. 
not because necessarily who we are. The next scripture is found in verse 14. And this is a longer scripture, and Hunter read this for you earlier, so I'm not going to go over all of it, okay? But uh, if any of you are sick, what does he say to do? Call the elders. Can you do that? Have you done that? I'm just curious. I want you to think a little bit. Why haven't you done that? Somebody has them call call the elders, calling the elders, and they will anoint you with oil and they will pray over you. And if you are sick, you will become well. And if you have sinned, you will be forgiven. I've seen and read lots of commentaries on that, but it's so it's still kind of iffy. But what he says is if you call the elders, they will pray over you. They will pray with you. Whether it's a physical element or a spiritual element, God will heal you. I like what he says uh, in the latter part of this. And he says uh, just simply, therefore, since this happens, therefore confess your sins one to another and what happens? What happens when you do that? You will be healed because the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, I, I gotta believe one of the reasons that you call the elders is simply because you know that they have been tested, tried, and true to, to be one of these righteous persons. Alright? You, you read some of the some of the tests that the elders go through. And you know them as a congregation. You know them to be a men of faith. Men who trust God. Men who are righteous. So you, you call on them. But it doesn't mean just simply only them. Okay? So in my title of the lessons, I just, I entitled it Praying, Singing, and what? And getting everybody else involved with it as well. Getting everybody else involved. Because that's what church family does. That's what church family does. Not just the person who's sick and not just the elders, but everybody. You get them involved. You get them involved and you get them in a relationship that, that you can trust each other. Because you're called to be just like God. Compassionate, full of mercy, full of love. You ever, have you ever done something and you just cringed hoping nobody finds out? Have you ever done that? Some people are shaking their head, yes, yes or no. I'm waiting for my kids to respond because I want to know. <laughs> Nonetheless, Nonetheless, they're not going to respond, especially not here. But here's the idea. You and I, 
should be just like their father, who's loving and compassionate, and we should be able to open up, and we should be able to be transparent, we should be able to be authentic with myself and with each other. I should have the integrity to say, well, everything that's, that's taking place in the James Lord, I, I, I should have the integrity to, to not lie to you and not to exaggerate with you. I should have the integrity to just open up to you to be able to confess my sins to you and you should have the integrity to keep that between yourself and, and, and to pray for each other. Pray for each other. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you have somebody like that that you can do that with. Do you have somebody that you can do that with? Usually, husband and wife, all right? Usually, it doesn't have to be, but that's an awesome bond. Awesome bond. That you can trust your wife or you can trust your husband with whatever's going on within you and that you will pray for each other. But it doesn't just simply have to be husband and wife. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be uh, uh, elders coming uh, to your house either. But the thought is relying upon God for somebody to pray with you, for you, on behalf of you. It doesn't even have to be in proximity. But you know that, that your hurts and cares are their hurts and cares. It sounds an awful lot like 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when we are the body. And if one part of the body hurts, what is the rest of the body? The rest of the body hurts. So, um, I, I understand that he's, he's talking mainly about uh, uh, the confession or, or the, the sickness and the confession there for each other. Um, that goes for that goes for everybody. All right. So, um, next section is James chapter five, verse seventeen. And I love this part. He just simply says, Elijah was a human being. Interesting. Even as we are. Hmm. Tom, do you feel like Elijah? <laughs> Charlie, do you feel like Elijah? Anybody in here feel like Elijah? I don't feel like I compare it to Elijah at all. But he says, Elijah, a human being, just as we are. What do you know about Elijah? Where is he from? Wealthy family, poor family, part of royalty, not part of royalty. Hmm. You know, they really don't even know the location. But is it Tishbia and Gilead? Where they don't know the location. They don't know the location of that. Did you know six times Elijah is mentioned in the Old Testament about where he's from and who he came from and yada yada yada? And it doesn't give you a whole lot of information. Because it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Because what God is doing, and for the life of me, I've forgotten the, the scripture, but didn't do wrong, I believe. 
what God is doing is he is going back and forth through the world looking for someone who has faith in him. And guess what? He saw Isaac. Guess what? He sees Maddie. Guess what? He sees Lexi. Guess what? And it goes on and on. His eye is always open. He's always eager to see and to hear and to watch over those who believe in him. You see, Elijah was just a normal person like me and you. me and you. And that's his point. That's his point in the book of James. He gives this illustration from Elijah that says, remember remember when he prayed and, and, and it began to rain? It hadn't rained in three and a half years. But when, when Elijah went up to pray, what happened? It began to rain. Do you remember that story? It's found in, in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 18. I love this story. It's a powerful story. First of all, it's a powerful story that tells us God listens. God listens to you. Here it is. It's the third year. Uh, and and there's almost three and a half years before we're going to start coming. Elijah it is God sends him to, to King Ahab. But he uses he uses Elijah to go to actually go to Obadiah. And, and as he's talking with Obadiah, he tells Obadiah, listen, I want you to go to King Ahab and you tell him Elijah's here. You tell him the man of God is here. And Obadiah is like, Are you kidding me? I don't really want to go do that because you know what? <laughs> Pick somebody else, please. Because you're not exactly friendly with this guy, King Ahab. By the way, King Ahab's wife was named Jezebel. Remember that? Anybody have a middle name, Jezebel? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Nevertheless, Jezebel was a Philistine, and it's probably why he was drawn, Ahab was drawn away uh, from God. But here is, here is Jezebel, and he, she has convinced Ahab and the rest of the nation to give up on God, to tear down the altar of God, and to start worshiping Baal and Asherah. So, to, to make a long story short, Elijah tells Obadiah to go see Ahab, tell him that the man of God is coming. And then as Elijah's coming, and Ahab sees him, Ahab just simply calls that, is that you, Elijah, troubler of Israel? Yeah, right. He's not the troubler. Although sometimes, sometimes the loudest voice makes the innocent seem like the troubler. And here's Ahab screaming along, you troubler of Israel. Nevertheless, I'm not calling Elijah, Elijah makes the decree. He says, look, you gather your 450 well prophets and I will be here by myself because it's just me alone here uh, of God's prophets and we will have a contest. 
you build your altar, and I will build my altar or God's altar. And then, and then whoever, whoever calls out to their God, and whoever God consumes the consumes the sacrifice, is the real God. So it's really interesting because here are four hundred fifty twelve prophets, and, and they start in the morning time. And they start singing, they start chanting, and they start dancing, and they start calling on the name of Bell. Oh, Bell, oh, Bell, hear us, oh, Bell. And, and, and pretty soon, they, they started getting more frantic because Bell is not listening to them, all right? And as Bell is not listening to them, they're taking out their swords and their knives, and, and they're cutting each other, as was their custom. And they're getting in a frantic more and more and more and more and more. And, and, and it's a wonder they hadn't killed themselves, but they didn't. It comes noontime, and, and Elijah's talking to him. Elijah's laughing at them. Oh, maybe he's on vacation. <laughs> maybe he's busy. <laughs> maybe he's in the bathroom. <laughs> and finally, they wear themselves out, basically, because Baal does not answer, because Baal cannot answer. He gets a sacrifice, he cuts the wood, and he takes one stone per tribe. There's 12 tribes, there's 12 stones. And he digs a trench around it. He puts three big barrels of water full on the, on the meat and on the bull, and on the, on the wood, on the stones, and it laps over into the trench. How many times does Elijah call out to God? One time. One time. You know what? Elijah didn't even say amen. <laughs> I just thought that was curious. Just, he's praying to God. Next thing you know, <laughs> and everything is licked up. The sacrifice, the wood, and the fire reaches down and it, it uses the word licked up. That would be cool to see, but I've never seen fire licked, but but there it is, looking at the water. Because God is a responsive God. God is a compassionate God. God is a powerful God. It may not be in my time when God moves because of my prayer. But God will. God will. It may not be in the way that I want Him to move. But God listens. God pays attention. And moves. Have you ever prayed a prayer and knew, I mean, knew for certain God answered that prayer? Yeah. Me too. Me too. And that gives you confidence and that gives you boldness, doesn't it? You know what Elijah did? shouldn't say he whipped up on them. I guess he did. Um, he killed them. killed 450 of prophets. You know what Jezebel did? May, may this happen more so unto you if I don't do something about it. And what does Elijah do? Bring it on. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He runs and flees. He runs and flees. 
you just defeated 450 Baal prophets. It is obvious God is on your side. It is obvious that God is restoring the hearts of the people back to him. And because of Jezebel, you ran? What do you, what do you think, uh, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. Why do you think people, well, judging by Barnacles, about 65% of Christians pray. Um, and that seems strange to me, but, and it's even smaller percent that actually God hears. It's just, it's just a, 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 a thing to do thing to, to be formal with. A thing that uh, that when you really pressed, did you pray about it? Yes. Do you believe God's going to do something about it? I mean, it's a very small percent that people believe God will do something about it. Why do you think that is? I think people are human. I think people doubt sometimes. I think people doubt a lot of things. And here is an icon of faith. Doubting. Moses doubted God. A lot of the great leaders of faith doubted God. Where was Gideon when he was called? Doubting God. He was in a wine press, crashing wind. You don't do that one. A lot of people doubt God. Let me go back to how we started this. Even in your doubt, even in your frustrations, even in your, you're not answering my prayer, God. Even in your, I don't even know if you heard me, God. Even in your, thank you for hearing. Whatever the case may be, wherever you are in your faith, as far as your prayer life is concerned, know this. And I take it all the way back up to verse 11. God is a compassionate, merciful God. And he wants a relationship with you. He wants and longs for a relationship with you. He does. Do you have struggle praying sometimes? You might. You might. Gee. If there was just a place that I could go to or someone to go to that would pray for me, pray with me. No way. James Fine? It was the elders. It was finding somebody to confess to. And somebody to not just confess necessarily sins, but somebody to open up to, to share your struggles with and live life together. Hmm. Sounds like church. Sounds like church. And all of its messiness, there's glory. There's glory. So this morning, <clears throat> I just want to give you a chance, an opportunity, a refresher, a reminder. Confess your sins. 
confess your sins and let God deal with them. If you need to confess your sins publicly, we'll be here. This is a safe place. This is a safe place to be. We've all messed up. We've all sinned. Oh, it's different ways, yeah. Your sin may not be the same as my sin, but it's still sin. <clears throat> and everybody wants to, everybody kind of wants to hide behind it. But even in this place, when you see it, you acknowledge it, and you ask God to do something about it. That's when transformation begins. So, I invite you to transform. You don't have to come forward and confess your sins. But talk to God about it. Talk to God about it. Whatever your needs are this morning, if, if, uh, if you would like to come forward, now's the time to do so. Whatever, you, whatever your needs are, won't you come as we stand and sing? There's a fountain preaches for you and me, but the space no haste to its break. Tis the fountain of love from the source above, and he gives us all freely drink. Will you come? Uh, we've been working very hard in the community for this. And so if you have 
a lawn that needs mowed or something like that, please think of us, think of me, give me a call. Um, or if you'd just like to sponsor a student, you can just drop it into the contribution plate, which is um, on the table on your way out, and just uh, put uh, youth trip in the memo. And so, yes, that's all I have. Very aging, that's just don't work. <laughs> So grateful that you are here today. As we leave now, I want to encourage you. When you go home, take your directory and call one of your brothers and sisters. And call them just to tell them, I want you to know I love you. And I, I missed you. We don't need to figure point. We don't need to judge. We just need to tell our brothers and sisters, I love you. I promise you, they appreciate those calls. They appreciate it. Yesterday, Carol and I were privileged to go to Don Fraser's memorial service. And to, to experience the love that was just rampant among different people there. You could see the effect of Dawn. You could see the effect. This was a joyous time. There were tears shed, but this was a joyous time. Our sister has been welcomed home. She's with God. It's a joyous time. I'm missing you all. We're missing our brothers and sisters in Christ who aren't here. Let's be committed this week. Just open up the directory. Oh, that one. And call. It'll make you feel good. It will. And it will be a blessing to your brother or sister that you call. Let's close together in prayer. Our beloved Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Father, for the teachings of James, and we pray that, Lord, you would assist us to keep them forefront in our mind as we walk out the doors of this building, as, and as we go into the community, community, your representations of your word, of your will, and of the love of Jesus Christ. Father, we are thankful for each soul that's here today, and we ask your blessing upon each one that could not be here. We don't know all the reasons. We respect uh, our brothers and sisters being concerned, and we pray, Father, that you would comfort them. We pray, Lord, that they would be moved when, when they're comfortable and you were comfortable with them, they'll be moved that they can come and attend with us again. As we go out the door, Father, may we proudly proclaim Jesus in all we say and do. In your Son's beloved name we pray. Amen.